Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. Why did Jesus have to die? What about the blood of Jesus saves us? This text of Scripture answers that question in two ways. First, why did Jesus have to die? Verse 12 says, to secure for us an eternal redemption. And verse 15 says, so that we who are called may receive an eternal inheritance. Why did Jesus have to die? So that we might be eternally redeemed and that we might receive an eternal inheritance. Let's walk through this text together. Look with me at verse 11. It says, but when Christ, whenever you see this word, but, especially when it's followed by God or Christ, make sure to underline that or highlight that in some way, because it's a marker for us that something special has happened. God has acted. God has done something. And in context of this text in Hebrews, what has Christ done? What he has done is different from the ritual duties that have been performed. Chapter 9 and verse 6, the high priest going into the holy place only once a year. Chapter 9 verse 7, taking blood with him, offering for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. Something is different from what happened before. And by the way, look up with me at verse 7. When the high priest in the earthly tabernacle went into the most holy place with blood, that blood was being offered only for the unintentional sins of the people. Did you notice that? Not for those intentional and willful sins. There was no provision for that. And even in the life of Christians, we need to understand this. Christians do not willfully and intentionally sin. There's no provision for that kind of sin. That's a lack of faith. That's not walking after the ways of God. Verse 11 again. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, Remember that this is speaking of the true and permanent and eternal tent in heaven, where Christ, verse 12, entered once for all into the holy places. Would you say those three words with me? Once for all. Do you believe the truth of those words? That what Christ did, he does not have to do repeatedly, but his offering of himself was sufficient once, one time, for all. Verse 12, he entered once for all into the holy places, 
not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And so the redemption that occurred of old was not an eternal redemption, but the blood of Christ secures for us. And that word secures highlights that it is Christ alone who secures this. Christ and no one else secures this kind of redemption. But the blood of Christ himself secures an eternal redemption. Redemption is a word that means to be liberated or to be set free from some kind of oppression or slavery. And the reality is in our sin, we are slaves to sin. We are not free. When we are under sin, sin is what controls us. But Jesus redeemed us. Jesus bought us back. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price, the scriptures say. Jesus paid the price of his own blood to secure for us an eternal redemption, to free us, to free us so that we could then serve him. Why did Jesus have to die? So that we could be eternally redeemed, so that we could be forgiven of our sin. The problem of sin could not be dealt with once for all unless Jesus offered his own blood entering in to the permanent tent in heaven. Verse 13, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer, these ritual acts required by the law, if those could sanctify for the purification of the flesh, And they did. They outwardly purified so that the people could worship God. But verse 14 says, If that was true, which it was, how much more will the blood of Christ, you might underline those words, blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, that is, the Holy Spirit, offered himself without blemish to God. Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now when verse 14 says that Christ offered himself without blemish to God, this highlights Christ's purity, his perfection. He had no need for a sacrifice for his own sins. He never sinned. He most certainly had no need to sacrifice himself, but he did for us to purify not our flesh, but to purify our conscience, what is inside, that which knows and distinguishes right from wrong. And in order to purify our conscience, the Lord would have to remove Sin and everything that comes with sin, the guilt, the blame, the shame. Only when that is removed can we then serve God internally pure, our conscience being pure, freed to serve the living God. And 
We're purified from dead works. Dead works are works of the law. If you think that you can earn your salvation by keeping the law, how's that going for you? Have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever looked with lust? Have you ever been angry in your heart? Have you ever committed murder? On and on the Ten Commandments go. And if we break even one, we're guilty of breaking all. So before God, you have guilt if you've broken the law. And you can never keep the law. And the law can never perfect us. But Christ can if his work is based on something other than the law, if his priestly ministry is based on something better, which it is. He offers himself to purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That word, to serve, is the same root word of the word worship. And so this is in the context of the worship of God. How is it that we can worship God freely with a clear conscience only through Christ. And we're reminded that God is the living God, the eternal spirit, the eternal Christ. And so we too eternally are able to worship God now and forever. Amen. Verse 15 says, Therefore, he being Christ is the mediator of of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. You might underline that word, eternal inheritance. It's for those who are called. Who are the called? Answer, those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are called. And being called you will receive an eternal inheritance. Now think about that word inheritance. An inheritance is something that is left to your descendants upon your death. If you do not die, your descendants do not receive an inheritance. Why did Jesus have to die? Because if Jesus did not die, we could not receive an inheritance. We could not receive an eternal inheritance. Look at the rest of verse 15. It explains this. Therefore, he is a mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. We could not keep the first covenant law, and so that law exposed sin, and that sin kept us captive, but Christ set us free. He redeemed us, secured for us an eternal redemption. We will never again be under the captivity of sin ever again. Our redemption is eternal, and he has also enabled us to receive the promised eternal inheritance. Verse 16, For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. Why did Jesus have to die? 
You see that word must. It must be established. He had to die in order for this will to be accomplished, this inheritance to be received. Verse 17, for a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. So Jesus died. He died on the cross, shedding his blood. Because as Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. There is no redemption. There is no inheritance. And Jesus, who knew no sin, took sin upon himself and he went to the cross. He shed his blood so that we might be forgiven. Think back to the words of that song, Nothing But the Blood. It is a bit of a disturbing song, and it's supposed to be. It is disturbing at the thought that blood was required to set us free from sin. But that is how wicked we were in sin. That is how repugnant sin is in the eyes of God. That it required the shedding of blood of God's own son. But look how much God loves you. It was Jesus who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life is possible because Jesus secured for us an eternal redemption, and by his death, we are able to receive an eternal inheritance. But none of that would have mattered if Jesus stayed dead. But three days later, after his death, on the third day, Christ was raised, and he is alive now, and he's never going to die again. He has no need to offer himself as a sacrifice again because his sacrifice was sufficient once for all. And what does this mean for us? Hear this gospel proclamation. In Jesus Christ, you are eternally redeemed. In Jesus Christ, you have an eternal inheritance. And all of this is guaranteed because you have an eternal high priest in heaven, Jesus Christ. And he has given to us his eternal spirit. And this means something for our life as worshipers. We can serve the living God because the Holy Spirit bears witness to us that we have been eternally redeemed, forgiven, and perfected by a better sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, our great high priest. Next week, we begin the third and final section of the book of Hebrews, and it is packed full of application that will bless your soul. I hope you plan to join me as we enter in to the third part called 
Jesus a new and living way. Go now in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish His purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of His Word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. 
Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.